It's hard for me to believe that, that we are already in week number five, the final installment in a series we've been doing on the book of Nehemiah entitled, You Asked For It. And we have had a time, man. Have you learned a lot? Have you learned a lot? I have learned so much through the book of Nehemiah because when you think about Nehemiah and you think about the parallels that that book has and where our world is at today, it is absolutely mind-blowing. As Nehemiah willingly inserts himself, he leaves the comfort of where he was at. He willingly inserts himself into other people's life who are broken, hurting, lost, and directionless. He leaves comfort and he moves into calling. He leaves the community where he, where he had called home for quite a while and he goes to where God is calling him and he begins to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, a massive building project, and those walls were built in 52 short days. But like any deeply defining moment throughout history, these walls were not built by accident. How many of you know that you don't just wake up one day and then by accident the world is a better place? I mean, I'm realizing that now more than ever before. I don't know about you. So you just don't wake up and the world become a better place and you say, hey, this is great. No, the world is always made, made a better place through intentional actions of God using and working through the lives of ordinary people. Look at your neighbor and say, I hate to tell you this, but you're very ordinary. Y'all enjoyed that a little bit too much. Now, Nehemiah, he was an extraordinary leader, and the lessons that he has taught us are invaluable if we will take them to heart, if we will put them in our spirit, and we will begin to walk out what we have learned over the past few weeks. Now, some of you, maybe you've missed a message in the series, maybe you've missed two, maybe you've missed all four, and this is the first one you're here for. Don't worry about it. We catch you up. When we do series, we catch you up every single time. So, so in week number one, we learn that if we, are, if we truly desire to change the world and make the world a better place, that we must be willing to engage in and have uncomfortable conversations. In week number two, we realize that to have a true impact, we must observe the issues at hand. We must organize the people, and only then can we optimize the building. Next, Nehemiah taught us that whenever we step out to do anything great for God in this world, there will be obstacles amen there will be there will be people that try to oppress God's people there will be opposition but in obstacles and opposition a person can always find opportunity and then last week we learned that that often the only thing that can stop the building process is when we lose track of what the main focus is is when we lose track of what God has called us to do and the people that he has, he has called us to impact their lives. This week we're going to be speaking about this concept. Look at your neighbor and say, it's about to get uncomfortable. We're going to be speaking about this concept, a concept that I've entitled the message, Bigger Than Me. Bigger Than Me. Do you all remember where you were at 
perhaps how old you are, what circumstance, what situation you were in, when you realized that the world did not revolve around you. Well, last week when I was... No, I'm just kidding. I remember that day distinctly. And some of you, I'm sure that the answers to this question will be far and wide. For some of you, it will be, man, the day that you graduated high school, you realized, oh, crap, here comes real life. Right? Uh, For others of you, it will be the day that you asked your future bride to marry you. For some of you, it may be your, your wedding day. But for me... It was, one, it was that day when Mr. Cole Jarrett Wallace came into the world. It was. I admit to you, man, for the first year of our marriage, mine and Nikki, that marriage was all about me. She was beautiful inside and out. I had tricked her young. And life was good. Man. A little while later, a couple years later, here comes Cole Wallace. It was December. My wife, as beautiful as she was in that delivery room, I was nervous wrecked because something had got a hold of her that wasn't natural. (laughs) And, And then there was Cole. Cole made his grand appearance in the world. Decided to come a little bit early, but he he arrived. And that's when I realized something. I had no idea how to operate in a world that didn't revolve around me. Because all of a sudden, there was this other human life that was dependent upon me. I didn't understand. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't even know how to hold a kid. Y'all think I'm joking. I had never held a baby prior to that moment. Y'all, I'm just going to tell y'all, I love kids. I love babies. When some of you, when you have your baby and you're like, oh, Pastor Chris, you want to hold the baby? I'm going to be like, is the neck still going like this? Because if the neck's still going like this, I ain't holding your baby. It's not because I don't love your baby. It's because I love your baby and bad things can happen. The nurse, she comes in and she picks up Cole and she says, she says, what's wrong, dad? You just pick him up like a football. I was like, woman, if you fumble, (laughs) we're going to have some issues. But in that moment when Cole was born, it changed my world when I realized that, that, man, this world was for me. God created this world for me. God builds some things for me, but it was bigger than me. It was bigger than me. If you brought your Bibles with you, turn to Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. This will be the last message in this series. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, says this. All the people, look at your neighbor and say, all the people, people. came together as one. All the people came together as one. Now, I don't know if y'all been checking out your social media pages. 
But it seems like where we are at in the world today is a long way away from Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 1. It seems like everybody is going in different directions and we can't agree on anything. I said it last night and I believe it today. The church has become over-politicized and under-gospelized. We have an opportunity to do something that the world, that is foreign to the world that we are living in. We have an opportunity to show them a people like Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1 where a group of people can all come together and not function as individuals but come together as one. They all came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. Y'all thought I preached a long time. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men and women and the others who could understand. And all the people, you hear that word, it just keeps coming up over and over. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform. Now, I don't know if he had a four to five inch platform like we're on. Maybe his platform was a lot bigger. We don't know, but don't lose the fact that he had a platform. And it was built for this occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattatiah, Shemai, Ananiah, Uriah, Yildiz, and on his left were Pedatiah, Mishael, Mishael, Y'all are like, what kind of preacher does that? Y'all's the same people don't know the words to those songs, but you're making up your own. Ezra opened the book. Look to your neighbor and say, open the book. And all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Now Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen and Amen, which means so be it and let's do it. They, then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the grounds. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maasiah, Gilata, um, no, I'm done trying, Peliah, instructed the people of the law, While the people were standing there, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Can I just take a little break and say this? When the church is over-politicized and under-gospelized, people do not understand what the church is talking about. But when we all come together and we, we stop speaking our minds and we start speaking God's heart, all of a sudden revelation happens and people begin to understand, 
oh my gosh, this is what God is about. All of this time, I thought that God was about this. But now that somebody is taking the time to love me and show me that they care, now that somebody is taking the time to explain this word, now we understand. Nehemiah realized that the building project was bigger than him. It was bigger than him. And as I read through the scripture, I mean, we've been talking about Nehemiah, but I want you to realize that in Nehemiah, the book titled Nehemiah, chapter number 8, it had nothing to do with Nehemiah. As a matter of fact, Nehemiah is not the one addressing the people in this moment. Now, just in my humanity, in my human mind, I'm thinking Nehemiah had every right to be the one talking to the people. I mean, after all, can we just get a little bit real with it? Prior to Nehemiah busting onto the scene of Jerusalem, it was in shambles. It was a wreck. People had lost hope. People were broken. People were were wandering and wondering, why am I here? And then Nehemiah comes, and because he's willing to have uncomfortable conversations, because he observes situations, and he organizes people, all of a sudden, he... But he uh, makes happen a building project that most of the known world would have said is impossible. It can't happen, Nehemiah. 52 days, you're talking about a wall that's going around an entire city. They didn't have modern tools. They didn't even know how. You saw, if you remember, I think it was in in, in, uh, series number two uh, that we talked about how perfume makers were building the wall. That is akin to somebody like me building the wall. I have no idea what I'm doing, but you better believe I'll give it a try. I'll have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, and we'll build something great together. Mine might be a little crooked and lopsided and may fall in before yours, but we'll give it a good try. So Nehemiah, he had the right, or would it seem in our humanity, he had the right to be the one addressing the people. But he understood that it was bigger than him. Look at your neighbor and say, this thing's bigger than you. I mean, you can see that Zerubbabel, he was responsible for rebuilding the temple. God had called him to rebuild the temple. Ezra, God had called him 60 years prior to Nehemiah to begin to rebuild the community. And then you have Nehemiah, who came and built the wall, and everything looks pretty good at this point, doesn't it? Everything looks good. And here's the temptation that Nehemiah would have had to face, that any organization in the world around us has to face, and the church is not exempt from this temptation. The temptation is, I've done my part. I've done what God has sent me here to do. Now I'm just going to sit back, I'm just going to relax, and all of a sudden the world's going to begin to start to revolve around me again. Nikki and I are about to start empty nesting. Cole's off to college, he's going to be a senior next year. He hardly ever talks to us. He's gone. 
Hopefully, Caleb will be the same way. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Caleb's move-in date, hopefully, is at the end of next month. He'll be off to college. And you know it would be so easy for me to sit back and say, (laughs) Done. I've raised my kids. I've done my part. There for about 22 years, the world didn't revolve around me. But here it is. We are empty nesting. The world is revolving around Chris. Now, there's two problems with that. Nikki would slap me silly. And God has shown me that it's bigger than me. And once you realize, once you get a taste and you realize that this thing is bigger than you, you're never satisfied with going back to the way things were. You're never satisfied with making every decision based upon your happiness because you realize that the only times that you really feel alive are those moments in your life when you're giving to somebody else. And so this was Nehemiah. And so he could have stopped with the wall, but we see that he didn't stop with the wall. He continued to building some, building some things. Outreach North, can I just relate it to where we're at? I mean, I mean, here we are. We've, we've moved into a community. We announced a year ago that we were coming. We believed that God had called us to this community because there were people who were lost and hurting in need of Jesus Christ. And so, and so we came in miraculously somehow a church building of all things came up for sale we were able to buy it we were able to build it we were able to paint it and trust me I was here as Dave was dropping black paint all over his head we were able to install the lights we were able to install a hazer we were we were able to get the sound where it needs to be and we're still working out some kinks we were able to remodel the downstairs and make it great for our kids we were able to do these things but let's not get so comfortable to think that well we're in the four walls and it's all about us baby Because I'm just going to be honest, if you are sitting in this place and you're thinking it's all about you, you're sitting in the wrong place. I love you. You are welcome here. But you will never feel purpose here because your purpose is is tied to what God has called us to do. And it's to reach out beyond the walls of the church because we need to get out of our head that church is simply a building. Church is people. And so Nehemiah, he says, yeah, the the wall's built, I'm done, I'm kicking back, I'm the governor, I'm going to relax, I'm going to have all this food, I'm going to tax the people, and that's the way it's going to go. But he didn't. Nehemiah built a platform. Now notice I said a platform and not a stage. Nehemiah built a platform. Well, Chris, what is the difference? I don't understand. I don't understand what you're talking about. What is the difference? A stage says, look at me because I'm performing. But a platform is always built for the benefit of others. I'm not four inches higher than you because I think I'm high and lifted up. I am on a platform to aid in the message going out and let me tell you something outreach north 
We are building a platform in this community. We are building a platform in MacArthur and the surrounding counties. We are building that platform, but it must never be to say, look at us. Look at us. Look look what we've done. It must always be, I have something to share, and my platform is nothing more than a tool that allows me to share it. Do you remember the story of Jesus when he kind of burst onto the scene? And he was surrounded by, by people and he encounters a couple fishermen. And he says, hey, can I use your boat? That's a weird request. What do you need, what do you need the boat for, Jesus? Do you, are you going fishing? You want to just take a weekend getaway? What do you need? The, you're taking a three-hour tour? What are you doing? And he says, no, I have something I need to say. He used the boat as a platform, not as something to perform on. And Nehemiah was so confident in who God created him to be. And this is where so many of us fall short. Nehemiah built the platform, but he was willing to share it with other people. Lord forbid that the only voice coming from Outreach North is Chris. First of all, that's really scary. Super scary. The platform of Outreach North is about all of us, all together, corporately, as one. And when we use the platform that God has given us as such, more and more people will be added. How do you get people to come to something to hear the word of God? You, you present to them a platform that's not built on man, but built by God and his precepts. Amen. Number two, what else did Nehemiah build? Nehemiah, he built a platform, but Nehemiah also built a bridge. He built a bridge. All the people came together as one. Now keep in mind the miracle of this because this was a nation that was scattered. This was a nation who were literally called exiles at that time. This was a nation that had no direction and yet here is Nehemiah. He begins building a bridge and he says, come and listen. Now did the Bible say that all came together that we liked? Did the Bible say that all came together that we agreed with? Does the Bible say all came together that were saints of God? Does the Bible say that all came together who had it all together? Does the Bible say all came together as long as they were Republican? We're getting in the cut. We're getting out there. Does the Bible say they all came together who we agreed with their ideology, that we agreed with their theology, that we agreed with their social media accounts? The Bible simply says they all came together. And every single person in here needs to hear this. If we want to do the will of God in this community, then this must be a place where all are welcome. Thank you for the amens, because I know that you believe it. But it's harder when you start seeing it. Maybe it's not. 
Maybe it's not. No, it is. It's harder when you begin filling a church with people who don't believe like you do. It's harder when you begin filling a church with people who don't act like you do. But I'm telling you, that is what God wants. That is what a church is. There has to be a bridge built somewhere. And the church must be a bridge from those front doors out into the community. And we must have smiles on our face and signs in our hands that say, All are welcome here. All are welcome here. Build a bridge. Lastly, Nehemiah wasn't finished building. He had built the wall, he had built the platform, he had built a bridge. But there's something else that Nehemiah built that's very important. And I want you to, if you have time today, I want you to read it on your own later on in Nehemiah chapter 8. But Nehemiah built a figurative table. He built a table. In the custom of that day, if you were invited to the table, that meant something. If you were invited to somebody's home and you were invited to dinner, you were invited to the table, that meant that you were invited to all the benefits of that table. That meant that in that moment, you were part of that family. If you wanted seconds, you had a right to seconds. But the table was built, and here is what crushes me about some places of worship. Some places have worship have built walls instead of tables. A table that is unlike a platform, a table is unlike a bridge. A table says this, you belong here. We want you here. We need you here. You are welcome here. You have purpose here. And you have the right to every good and bountiful blessing that God has placed with us. You're welcome here. I like barbecue if anybody wants to invite me to the table. That's not a shameless plug to get an invite for dinner. But I'm telling you this, when you get an invitation to dinner, it means something, doesn't it? It means something. What about instead of inviting people to a church building, we invited people to the table? We built a table and said, look, you're just not with us on a Sunday morning from 1030 to 1130. Or 12 if I get long-winded like Ezra. You're not, just, you're not just invited to a table then. But you're invited to a table that means that we do life together. The Ruckles are here and they're visiting with us for, I believe, the second time they've been here. Um, they are such great friends. Great friends. And gosh, Trav, we've known each other since the boys were... I don't know, when you thought I knew something about baseball and was given Thai batting lessons. I mean, 
I mean, our kids have literally grown up together. I mean, your, your youngest son, I refer to him as my favorite little friend. My favorite big friend. You see, we're in church together. But it didn't start with being in a building together. It started with doing life together. Do not take this the wrong way because the great commission is to go into all the world and make disciples. So believe me when I tell you in every relationship I do my very best to represent Jesus Christ in a way that people will want to know him more. I endeavor to do that. But so many times I'm afraid that the church goes into the world with the purpose of counting a hand for salvation and not developing a relationship that leads to salvation. Y'all with me? Amen? You say, Chris, I, I don't understand how Nehemiah relates to Jesus Christ at all. I'm closing. Let me share this with you. Nehemiah was a picture of Jesus Christ. And I thought about this. I thought about, I thought about what the prophet Nehemiah and Jesus had in common. Nehemiah left a very comfortable place for him. Jesus was in heaven. Ah, there is not a more comfortable place that the world has ever known than in the presence of your heavenly Father. But Nehemiah heard a story of a group of people that were broken, hurting, and lost. And they needed rebuilt because sin had wrecked them and they were not who they were originally created to be. Jesus is in heaven and he sees the condition of humanity who he loves, who he cares for, who matters. Did your neighbor say you matter? And he realized that humanity was broken, that, that there needed to be something done and, and nobody else on earth could do anything about it. Just like Nehemiah, nobody else on earth could have rebuilt that wall in 52 days. Why? Because God had called him to it. It was the only way it gets done. Jesus is the only way that a person's life gets rebuilt. Well, we are so excited about what God just did at Outreach North. And just want to say that if you had an experience with Jesus today, we want to hear about it. Head over to outreachnorth.church forward slash ON Connect to let us know what Jesus just did in your life. And hey, our Sunday worship experiences are just one hour out of the week, so we want to connect with you during the other 167 hours. Give us a follow on Instagram at Outreach North so we can connect with you wherever you are.